But regardless, there is always a reason that they are behaving the way they are. And when we assume ABC, but the reality is XYZ, what's happening is we are creating a disconnect between us and them. And that disconnect usually doesn't result in anything good. And it's not something that we as parents want with our teenagers, right? There are some things you can... Welcome to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Renee. Being a teenager is hard. Being a parent of a teenager can be even harder. Each episode, we deliver tips, tools, tricks, and stories to help you feel empowered, confident, and energized as the parent of a teenager. Teenagers want to be happy. Sometimes they just need a little help along the way. Now, here's your host, Renee Sinning. Renee is a certified life, leadership, and success coach for teenagers and their parents. She's also a mom of three young adults and an experienced high school educator of 18 years. Renee is well-versed in everything teen. Now, without any further ado, here's Renee. Hey parents, it's Renee Sinning here. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk about assumptions and making assumptions. If you're the parent of a teenager or tweenager, you know how easy it is to make assumptions. But the results of that are usually not what we are looking for. So first, let's look at something. And this has to do with a typical school day, yet it's something we don't often think about as parents. Most teens spend anywhere from 7 to 12 hours at school a day, five days a week. Now, how do I come up with this number? Well, a typical school day, at least the school I taught at, was 7.30 to around 3.30. So that's eight hours. If your teenager does no extracurricular activities whatsoever, that's still eight hours they are in the school environment. However, if your teen does anything extra, whether that's sports or clubs, it's going to be a lot more. For example, my two girls, they were swimmers. And so they would go to school. They'd be in class. Class started at 730. So say they'd be at school by 7, 715 and in school to 330. And then they had practice from four until six. So on just a practice day, they were getting home after six o'clock. If there was a meet, they often didn't get home till seven. And if they were traveling, sometimes it would be more like eight. So during swim season, they spend an average of eight to or 10 to 12 hours a week away from home before they ever came home for the evening. And other sports and activities are similar. But again, if your child does no extracurricular activities, it's still eight hours a day in the school environment. And the reason I bring this up is because that is a long day. But then what often happens, and I can say this from personal experience as well as talking to many parents and teens themselves, is that they come home from school. And so we as parents, we're excited to see them, right? We want to hear about their day. We want to know what's going on in their lives. Because we kind of remember when our kids were younger and we went to pick them up in the car line and they were holding their lunchbox and we're so excited to see them. So for us, we're excited to see our kids and learn about what's going on in their lives. But they've just spent 8 to 12 hours at school. So then what often happens, and sometimes you just say, hi, honey, how are you doing? And they roll their eyes or fine or they give you a snide remark. And we we often assume that they're purposely disrespecting us. They might want to spend a lot of time in the room and we assume that they don't want to be near us 
or we tell them to do something or remind them of something that needs to get done and it doesn't get done. So we assume they're either lazy or they're ignoring us. But what what's happening is a lot of times we are not taking into account those eight to 12 hours they just spent at school. And why is this important? It's so important because number one, eight to 12 hours is a lot of time to be surrounded by a lot of people, right? Some schools have 20 to 30 kids in a class and they have like, your kids will have maybe six to eight classes or even if they're younger, but I'm talking more about teen tween. And so that's a lot of people to be surrounded by. If your child is an introvert, it's draining. I can say that because I am an introvert. I'm much more of an introvert and it's exhausting to be around that many people all day long, every day. In addition to that, you have no idea what might have happened throughout the day unless, of course, they've communicated with you. They might have failed a test. They might have a friend that's mad at them. They might have been left out of a conversation or sat alone at lunch. They might have learned about some type of upcoming event like a party or an activity and they're being peer pressured to go to that. They might, maybe somebody made a comment about their clothes or how they looked. Kids might have been talking behind their back. Maybe they were bullied. They could just be anxious, stressed out, overwhelmed about upcoming assignments or academics, stuff going on in the academic world. Maybe they feel dumb. Maybe a teacher said something to them or made a comment about a missing assignment or just a something, any kind of remark. So many things could have happened throughout their day. And so we go back to the eye roll or them wanting to be alone in their room or we tell them to do something and it doesn't get done. So as parents, it's so easy to take these things personally because we kind of assume that their behavior is about us or directed at us and or that, I don't know, maybe they should be excited to see us, you know, or happy to see us. We are mom or dad after all. And then again, we go back to we assume that their, their eye roll is a disrespect or their time in the room, they don't want to be near us or they're not doing something we told them to do was laziness or they're ignoring us. Now, sometimes these things are true. And you are correct in your assumption. But other times they might not be. What if they just need to be alone to decompress, especially if they're an introvert? What if their best friend is mad at them, right? And again, what if they were not included in activity or feel left out? What if they feel failed a test and they feel dumb and they're afraid to tell you? Maybe you're someone that grades are really important and they know their grades aren't where they are. And so they just feel, they feel dumb. They think they're not smart. What if they truly just forgot, right? They just got distracted. The middle adolescent years, well, even actually the later adolescent years, but their brain isn't developed. The prefrontal cortex of their brain, that is the part right behind their eyeballs, that piece of the brain is often not developed well into their 20s. And for kids with learning disabilities, such as ADHD or whatever that diagnosis may be, it can even be later until that prefrontal cortex is really developed. The prefrontal cortex, it's responsible for impulsivity, emotional regulation, and working memory, just to name a few. But if you just look at those three, emotional regulation, sometimes their emotions take over. And because that's not developed, they can't catch themselves in the act to not roll their eyes or to not have a smart mouth. That's their emotions talking. Not doesn't necessarily mean they meant it. It meant, sometimes means they just don't have the emotional regulation to stop it in a timely manner. And then it triggers us. Their working memory. 
it is not fully developed until their 20s. So sometimes, and that includes forgetfulness. So sometimes they aren't ignoring us. They truly just forgot and got distracted. So that's just something to keep in mind. But listen, I get it. I raised three kids and they're now in their early 20s. So I've been through all of it and I know how easy it can be to make assumptions when you're raising young adults. Not only are their emotions all over the place, sometimes they truly are being lazy, rude, or disrespectful. And when that is the case, they need to be called out on it and consequences implemented. But regardless, there is always a reason that they are behaving the way they are. And when we assume ABC, but the reality is XYZ, what's happening is we are creating a disconnect between us and them. And that disconnect usually doesn't result in anything good. And it's not something that we as parents want with our teenagers, right? There are some things you can do to kind of help you to take a step back from making assumptions. And it will take a bit of self-awareness. Now, first of all, number one, you only control you. So try to catch yourself in the act. Look for clues in their body language and try not to take what they do immediately personally, especially if it's at the end of a long school day. Number two, if you assume something that was untrue, own it. Take responsibility and apologize. We are not perfect. This is a great quality to model for our kiddos. You can't control whether or not they accept your apology, but you're doing the right thing and you are teaching them a valuable lesson in accountability and self-leadership. And number three, we don't have to assume at all, right? Ask questions. Get facts rather than making those assumptions. You might be surprised as to what is really going on with your kiddo. Now, I know my example here had to do with school and them being away from school, being away 7 to 12 hours. That's, that's just an example. And I know last year was completely different, but it still holds true on the whole assumptions thing that we don't always know what's going on with our kids and especially with teenagers. So over the last year, things have been different and your kids have not necessarily been in school or away from home, obviously, for 8 to 12 hours, but they've been in the home. So it's still a similar idea. It comes down to when we make assumptions, we are kind of just making things up in our mind that aren't true. We don't have facts. So get the facts. The less you can make assumptions, the better it's going to be for your relationship. And that's it. My name is Renee Sinning. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. I work with teenagers every day as a teen life coach and parent partner. If you think your teen could benefit from some extra support and maybe things you've tried like therapy or counseling haven't worked, you can always reach out and book a free parent strategy consultation. This is no pressure, no sales. I will not even share my program with you unless you ask. And I think we might be a good fit. So you have nothing to lose. If nothing else, you're going to get a 30-minute conversation with somebody who gets it. I have been there. I've raised teens. I've taught thousands of teenagers over my 18 years in the classroom. So if teen life coaching and having a parent partner is something that you feel you might use, then please reach out and set, set up a consultation or message me and we'll connect that way. Have a great day. 
See you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on the Empowered Parent Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to head over to reneesinning.com to pick up some parenting freebies. And remember, teenagers want to be happy. Sometimes they just need a little help along the way.